0: And thanks for dropping by the Unlimited Unloaded page. Here are some highlights. We had about five minutes worth on the baseball series at East Carolina on the streamed version of the show. We can give you a more extended listen to the highlights. There were some good ones, but, well, not enough, obviously, as the Bulls got swept by the East Carolina Pirates. Already the regular season champion, thanks to some results elsewhere that we talked about on Around the American. But it really kind of came to the forefront on Friday night. The Bulls going up against the Pirates, who had come in winners of seven in a row and, of course, now have won ten in a row. And they scored exactly one run in each of the first five innings and did it pretty much every different way you can do it, although in the third and the fifth inning, it was the identical way. Ethan Brown was pitching with poise and control, but just a really good team. Anytime it seemed like they got somebody on base— they would score. Got a home run from Josh Moylan off of Brown in the second inning. Moylan was a freshman All-American type last year but he entered this series hitting around 220. First inning run came on a couple of doubles. Their freshman right fielder six foot six Jacob Jenkins cowered to something else and he took one nearly out of the park. Bulls got their first run in the top of the third inning. Bobby Bozer a nice walk against C.J. Mayhew who is just devastating against lefties. Again, this is one of the best closers in the country. Recently has become the Pirates' Friday night starter. And against lefties, they bat 58 But Bozer walked, and another ridey for the Bulls. Carmine Lane flew out before Nick Gonzalez came through. Oh and 2 Bozer is off the pitch, and Gonzalez goes the other way with it. Center fielder gets a late, late jump, and it bounces in. World plays it, and he bobbles it away, and that's gonna score the run. Bobby Bozer comes on in, booted out there, that. Is a break for the Bulls, but hit and run works. Would not have predicted Nick Gonzalez to be the most reliable bat in the Bulls lineup, but he certainly is. We told you they scored, though, identically in the third and the fifth inning. That would be Zach Agnos, who had a pretty good day, two doubles and a home run. Leading off with the double, then Lane Hoover, who is just a ball player, sack bump, and then the next guy, Bryson Wuerl with a sack fly RBI. So East Carolina almost was uh, showing off a little bit the way it was getting its runs. Really nice to see Brown finish up six innings, but he had given up a five spot. It was 5-1. to Bulls hit into a couple double plays on this night, not helping their cause. Pirates attack on two on an Agnos homer off of Devin Hemingway. In the seventh, and even though the game was decided, it was nice to see Drew Brutcher lead off the ninth of the double. After going 0-3 with three strikeouts against, again, the lefty killer, C.J. Mayhew, he got a solid double. And his spot in the order came around as Jackson Mayo pinch ran, and Jared Eaton brought him home with a fielder's choice up the middle. And hey, there was a little momentum. At least they showed they could score, and Drew Brutcher was back in the lineup, and it carried over into the next game. Andrew Brutcher was a big part of it. The Bulls took a 3-0 lead on Saturday, a day when we thought they weren't even going to play. Softball had played in the morning. We knew that was going to get in, but then the rain was supposed to come. The forecast made it look like thunderstorms were going to start right around game time, and then, okay, we got the game underway, but here they come, and no, they just kind of danced around us, and we were happy to be playing because the Bulls were on top. East Carolina going with a similar lineup to last night. By the way, they've moved Jacob Jenkins-Coward, their fantastic freshman, up to the number three spots. So the Bulls will have to concern oh, yeah. themselves with him. And Drew Butcher pounds that ball. That should get down. It will. Nick Gonzalez does the ball stay in the park. Oh, that is a break and a half. That is three breaks for East Carolina as it hit near the bottom of the wall and still managed to bounce over. It's a ground rule double. And boy, was their center fielder we're all eager to let everybody know that it went over the wall, like we didn't see it. <laughs> that ball was destroyed and I'm watching the replay. It hit, get this, it hit in the middle of the track, then hit the wall and still bounced over the wall. So second and third instead of one to nothing. But Brutcher destroyed that ball. And now it doesn't matter cause Ben Rosenblum just said, take your break And make it two to nothing. Lining the first pitch he sees into the left field corner. They deserve those runs. And it's two to nothing USF. That's how you do it right there. Back-to-back doubles on back-to-back pitches. Oh, that ball's ripped up the middle so hard that I'm not sure Rosenblum will throw or score a world. Whoa, what a soft toss that was. He will score. It's three-nothing. So things are looking okay. And the last time the Bulls came to East Carolina, they got blown out in the first game and came back and turned the tables. And who knows? Maybe something similar could have happened. And Brad Lord was pitching pretty well, spotting his fastball, relying on that a lot more than his off-speed stuff. And then things that don't show up in the box score. This happened in the third inning. And if it just goes the Bulls' way, completely different game. Again, you're not going to see this in the box score, but here's what actually happened. So Giles' first start of the year actually was midweek against VC. He went four and he's got the win four and a third against since he got the win. Then seven, then five, but his last three and now four games, he has not surpassed three innings. So it's not just the Bulls who have issues with their starting pitching this season. It's the first place team in the conference. That's my point, one and two. Ooh, that is crushed to right field. The wind could take it out of here. Going back on it and making the catch at the wall is Jenkins Coward. Just barely missed a home run. Helps to have a six foot six right fielder so close to being six to nothing right now. Definitely looked like a homer off the bat. The wind was blowing out pretty hard to right field. As you heard me say, their starting pitcher was out of the game. And if that goes over the wall, it's six nothing. Now, does that guarantee victory? Of course not. But in the bottom half of the inning, instead of this close to six nothing, it is actually 3-2, and how it became that was, well, Brad Lord got the first two guys out easy, and then Jacob Jenkins Cowart mentioned him the freshman. Very talented player, but enter this game with just nine walks and 38 strikeouts. The Bulls would walk him three times. He had never walked more than once in a game. He walked on four pitches, and then this happened. Oh, that fastball has got underneath, and the wind is going to carry it to the wall. Effort by Mayo, but he gets out of here. And it's 3-2. to two. Big swing by Bryson World. And without the wind, we're out of the inning, but we're not. So I'm sure there have been plenty of games this year for the Bulls when a lot of similar things have gone their way. I just can't recall them as easily as I recall what happened in this situation. East Carolina would tie the game in the very next inning. And of course, Cliff Godwin, just nothing can go wrong when you're in the middle of a 10 game winning streak. In this case, a couple leadoff singles and a sack bunt. So they were going to score anyway. But the way they scored, he brings in Joey Barini, two career RBI, and gets a sack fly RBI. But at least Lord limits the damage to just one run. So it was three to three. But we are definitely not going to replay any highlights of the bottom of the sixth inning. We'll just tell you what happened. It was not good. Eight runs. Hunter Mink hits Ben Newton, their catcher who got on base every single time he came to the plate Saturday and Sunday. Then Alec Makarevich doubles. And then the quirky thing. Now listen, they were probably going to take the lead because it's second and third and nobody out. But the way they took the lead... Jacob Starling, their lowest man by batting average in the starting lineup Saturday, was trying to hold his swing on a ball that was inside. It hit the very knob of his bat. Now, to his credit, he took off where everyone else stood still, knowing that it wasn't off his hands and it was technically a hit ball. And so the bases are loaded that way. And of course, the great Joey Barini and his 138 batting average comes up with the bases loaded. And Hunter Mink is preoccupied with the man at third base and hesitates, flinches, and it's a balk. Yep, that's how they took the lead. And then Barini, again, who had two RBI on his career coming in in two years, smacks a two-run single. And we'll just tell you, it went on from there. Choppers over people's heads, other way hits against the shift. It was all going for East Carolina. Eight runs, 11-3. to Credit to the next two Bulls pitchers for keeping it from being a run-roll situation, at least. Jack Siebert and Tyler Dietz. Or else we would have had two Bulls teams get run-rolled on the same day in the same city because, of course, the softball team had lost to UCF 11-0. Now, the big thing to note was Carter Spivey, who has had prolonged relief outings, including a 7- and a 3rd-inning win, went 3 innings, would have went more but for the 8-run six. And that was on the heels of Garrett Saylor, whose numbers are crazy, going three on Friday. So the Pirates have multiple guys who can go multiple innings at the back end of games. And it happened again on Sunday in a game that the Bulls lost 6-2. to two. But this was a very misleading final score. If you were listening on Saturday till the bitter end, I give you credit. I said that I thought the Bulls would go with Ryan Kirkring because he didn't have to pitch over the weekend. But they went with Tanner Mink, and he did such a great job that when he was pulled in the fourth inning, the East Carolina fans applauded. It wasn't something you know, standing ovation or anything like that, but they recognized that he was a, you know, a Sunday starter that wasn't expected to go deep, that really displayed a lot of great pitches, especially, you know, the day after his twin brothers struggled. It was great to see Tanner, you know, uphold the the Mink family there. And yes, he gave up a run, or actually in relief of him gave up a run Nolan Hootie on a double by Josh Moylan. But Mink certainly did his job. However, on the other side, Jake Hunter, a freshman, was doing his job to the tune of a no-hitter. He was only supposed to go four innings, but ended up, well, with a no-hitter. So he was still pitching in the sixth when the Bulls finally got to him. Joaquin Monquet was hit by a pitch. Then Jackson Mayo ripped a single to left field, and that was it for Hunter. Zach Agnos, who is a great leadoff hitter, but also has pitched plenty, to the tune of a below three ERA comes in and had the job done, but alas, some things happened in the Bulls' favor here. So if this is a fast ball, take a hack and at least get a run on the board. It is, and it's up the middle, could be two. Oh, it's booted by the second baseman. I didn't think that was possible on the Bull score. That is a shocker. Again, that was a double play ball. All the things that have gone right for the Pirates this weekend, that just had the feel of another one. And Jacob Starling absolutely boots it, wow. He's made some spectacular plays, but that was an easy play that he couldn't make. Swung on a miss, and that was a hit and run, and it didn't work out. They nab Mayo at third base. And Ben Newton is a really good catcher, so that was, that was the easy part. Gonzalez drills it, this should. Put the score tied. Well, it should put the Bulls ahead, but we'll take a tie score. Nick Gonzalez with an RBI double, and we are tied. I mean, that was into the left central gap, no doubt about it. And it is a 2-2 ball game. So the air 100% hurts the Pirates. And it's a ball game obviously tied up, but as I put out on Twitter, it just seems like East Carolina doesn't care. They are going to execute, and sure enough, Ben Newton – doubles a ground rule double to start off the sixth inning and then a sacrifice bunt becomes a go-ahead play because it was mishandled by Hootie. Listen it was a perfect sacrifice bunt should have been man on third and one out you just know they were going to score no matter what they scored on that play and actually it was good to keep it to a one-run inning thanks to this. So nobody out. No one Hootie. Facing Alec McAulevich, who's just squaring a bunt, pulls the bat back, lines it, and, whoa, that was almost, oh, what a great play! It is a double play. For once, the Pirates' annoyingly perfect offensive approach bites them (laughs) because the base runner, I'm sorry, the batter, McAulevich, was taking it the other way, and the base runner was off and got picked off second. Thanks to Ben Rosenblum. So positive development there. And so that keeps it a one-run game. And then get this. Ben Terwilliger, long name, comes into the game. So they put Zach Agnos back at shortstop. Drew Brutcher walks on a 3-2 and count. By the way, they were very careful with Drew Brutcher. Big-time respect. Then a terrible bunt by Ben Rosenblum. Makes it one out, popped it up right to the pitcher. And then Sonny Rayo strikes out. However, Jarrett Eaton lines a single. Wild pitch. Let's give you the last contact of the top of the seventh on a 3-1 and pitch with the go-ahead run at second base, as well as the second pitch of the eighth inning. Again, both cases, it's a 3-2 game. 3-1. and one. Be selective here if you're Joaquin. Drilled and going right to Jacobs Cowart. Man, oh, man, did he square up that ball. So they were not fooled by Mr. Tewilliger. but Monke lines out. And East Carolina stays ahead three to two. 0-1 to Jackson Mayo. Fouls the first pitch off. Hits that one pretty deep to left field. Going back on it and watching it. Oh, got at the wall. Watching it into his glove for an amazing catch. Just an amazing catch. Would not have been a home run, but an amazing catch. Sacrificing his body, Lane Hoover. You're going to hear the fans not booing, saying Hoover. Just destroyed that ball. Unbelievable catch. So, yeah. And then, bottom of the eighth happens. Joey Vellini's pitching well. Strikes out the very tough lefty Jenkins Coward Gets a ground out. And then we just played you a couple balls that were absolutely ripped. One that looked for sure headed to the wall. That would have had the tying run with nobody out on in the eighth inning. And on a ball that made it, oh, I don't know, ten feet away from home plate. East Carolina is on its way to a three-run inning. Yep, it was that kind of weekend. Two and two. Chopper. And it's going to take a decent hop for Verlini, and oh, man, you got to make that play for Sonny Rea. Good hustle by Newton. And you just hope this don't be- doesn't become a big inning. Hustles out an infield single. Eight for his last eight as far as reaching base. Oh, did they hit him on a bunt attempt? Oh. <sighs> they did. So here comes Makaravits, who swung the, a pretty hot bat. Got to get him here for Today he's popped out, lined a hard one that was caught, and then lined one to second. It was also turned into a double play by Rosenblum. In other words, he is crushing the ball, and he's got eight home runs on this season. Two away, bottom of the eighth inning. Bulls down three to two, looking to keep it there, and turn it over to the ninth. Oh, nice job there, swung on a miss to foul it. Oh man, just barely. So we're looking at a play that could have been made for the final out. An absolutely unnecessary hit batter to a guy who's the worst in their lineup today as far as batting average goes. And now what looked like a swing and a miss on a curveball, but he just got a piece of it. Only a 2.30 hitter with runners in scoring position, but just the way it's going, you don't get a good feeling here. Hope I'm wrong. And that ball was destroyed. You knew it was coming. Out of here. Just knew it was coming. Just knew it was coming. It is 6-2. This game is going to have a misleading final score. It was so discouraging, if you couldn't tell I was discouraged, that I was actually hoping the Bulls would not score in the ninth inning because, of course, then... Well, it would have been, this would have been the tying run. This would have been the go-ahead run. And, hey, fortunately, they did not score. But, yeah, not a good weekend for USF. On Tuesday's show, we'll preview the rematch against Stetson, a team that the Bulls defeated last week in DeLand. We'll be on the air at 545 for Tuesday's game. Four left to go in the regular season. This has been a special extended version of Bulls Beat with more baseball highlights from the weekend here on the Unlimited Unloaded page.